Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, and I am back. I had a great trip. I was gone. I want to thank Chad Lachance for filling in for me while I was on assignment in Hawaii. And we did, those of you that follow us on Facebook, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you knew we were there checking out the waters. Uh, for everybody so we could let you know we take no personal pleasure in these trips now all honesty we did have a great great trip and yeah and thanks to chad for filling in and uh, it was wonderful we did do some fishing while we were there and had some fun but it was more relaxation if you'd have followed us on facebook it would have told you that i was getting ready for ice fishing by casting into the shores off of hawaii but we are going to talk a lot of ice fishing today and in the next few weeks coming up, we're going to have some of the most famous uh, ice fishermen in the world on the show. Um, Dave Gentz will join us today, Mr. Ice Fishing himself. Dave and I go way back. We've been friends for decades. Uh, he's just a true gentleman, and he helped pioneer where ice fishing is now. And a lot of the equipment and the things we have came from Mr. Gentz. So that'll be tremendous. In the next few weeks, I hope to have uh, Doug Stangy from In Fisherman with us on the show. And Greg Claudio, Hall of Fame uh, uh, nominee fisherman from Minnesota and uh, and uh, one a part of the ice fishing revolution. He'll also be joining us over the next few weeks. So we're going to talk a lot. Of course, Nate Zielinski and all the folks that join us here will get um, Bernie Keefe. By the way, it's Bernie Keefe's birthday today. Is that right? So anybody who knows Bernie Keefe, go to his Facebook page and wish him a happy birthday. Bernie's a great guy. He'll come on, talk about the Granby area in a few weeks. We're going to have a lot of that. The best way to know what's coming up is follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. What we do on our Facebook page is we talk about upcoming special guests. We always link to my column in the Denver Post. Um, I write a column every week, except last week when I was in Hawaii, I took the week off. But we, I write a column every week for the Denver Post, and we put a link to that on our Facebook page. And you can get right to that column. And it's the best way to go to that column, because if you just follow the Post app, it doesn't always pick up all the links. We put a lot of links in that column to other information. So following it from our Facebook is the best way to do that. Every time we put up a new television show, well, actually, there are legacy television shows from when we were broadcasting. Uh, every time we add one to Facebook or to My Outdoor TV, we put a link up on uh, the Facebook page. And then we every time we do a Tackle Talk, when I was gone, Chad did a tackle talk on a on a particular reel, one of the Revo spinning reels, I believe. And that is on our Facebook page, so you can go review that and kind of go over the information again. So a lot of information. You should follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors at Facebook. We're not only going to talk fly fishing today, though. We're going to talk a, a good amount of fly fishing. We're going to talk some shore fishing today. Uh, we just got a lot of topics, and we're going to start talking about Christmas gifts. We're going to start talking about different things you can get people for Christmas. And along those lines, I want to go right to the phones. And joining us from Kirk's Fly Shop up in Estes is Kirk. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning. Um, I know you want to talk about the event, and that's why I brought up the Christmas uh, presents, because it's a great time of the year to start talking about that. And after we talk about your event a little bit, though, I do want to get into some fly fishing updates from you, because uh, there's no time to put away the, your long rods. There's a lot of good fly fishing going on, isn't there? 
Yeah, it's fishing good right now. Oh, it's tremendous, and it will for quite a while. It will all winter. You and I had one of our best trips ever, right? In the, the week before, it had been 20 below. Right, right, so, right yeah. in the middle of February. Yeah, so right now, let's talk about your event. This is coming up, uh, what's the date again, Kirk? December 9th. December 9th, and this is your annual open house. I've tried to uh, attend this myself several times. I had a conflict this year, so I won't be there, but just tremendous. Kind of tell people who's going to be there and what it's about. Uh, yeah, it's on Saturday, December 9th. Uh, you can come all day long, but the festivities where we got the the book signers is from 2 to 5, and we'll have uh, John Gearock, Steve Schweitzer, John Barr, Landon Mayer, Rick Takahashi, and uh, many more there to sign books and talk fishing with you. Well, and talk about Christmas gifts. Now, you're, you're not talking about just any authors. These are some of the most uh prominent authors in the fly. They're from Colorado, but they're some of the most prominent ones in the industry. John Garrick has been a favorite of mine for years. Folks, if you've never sat down and visited with John Garrick, if you've ever read any of his books, they are so entertaining and so much fun. His sense of humor and the way he presents life as a fly fisherman, Kirk, is just unbelievable, isn't it? It is, yeah. He's just he's just so much fun. And And when you meet him, he is the character in those books. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he is just tremendous. Lives right here in Colorado. John, I just consider, I, I don't get to see him very often, but the time I've got to meet him, I consider him a friend. Steve Schweitzer is a friend. I fished with Steve. I've been to Steve's house. Steve wrote two books, uh, A Fly Fisherman's Guide to um, Rocky Mountain National Park and A Fly Fisherman's Guide to the uh, Indian Peaks Wilderness Area. And now his third book is just coming out, Fly Fishing for, I believe, Bass. And uh, so he'll have his books there. And you talked about um, Landon Mayer. He's all Landon may be one of the best big fish experts in the state, Kirk. Yeah, he's really good. And he's he'll be there signing books. And uh, and you said Rick Takahashi. Um, excuse me, Rick will be there. Yep. Rick and Takahashi and and, um, and there'll be others. And the really neat thing about this, Kirk, is that you get somebody a Christmas gift of a book. You could go to Amazon and buy these books. But when you get one signed and personalized by these authors who are so special, both to the industry and our state, it really makes it just that much more of a gift. It does, yeah. And these guys, they don't charge anything for their signature, I don't think. No, they just come up and talk fishing and sign the books. Well, yeah, and you can rub nose with these guys. Just stick around because they want to talk, and they love. If they're not fishing, they're talking fishing. And them, and I know you always have a bunch of guys tying flies, and just a great. And in conjunction with this, you usually have sales in the store, too. Yeah, our big sale that we're going to do is if, if you say that you heard it, heard heard me on the radio on the Terry Wickstrom show, you get half off any one item in store. Wow, half off for just saying you heard about the open house on uh, on the radio show here. So, folks, pay attention to that. Here's your chance to score big. All the pain you've spent listening to this radio show, you can finally get a return on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the fishing. You know, when I left uh, over a week ago to go to Hawaii, cold weather was setting in. Now, that doesn't mean there wasn't good fly fishing, but I thought uh, we'd see the pond start to maybe even get some skim ice, and then I thought the rivers would be almost where you'd have to fish the tailwaters. Now, you have a great tailwater up where you are, but uh, the weather warmed up, and it's going to be warm for a few more days, Then it's going to still be seasonal. There's some great fly fishing, I'll bet, happening right now and coming up in the future. What are you seeing on the waters you're fishing? 
Well, normally at this time of year, we we stay ice-free for about three miles down Canyon, but right now it's opened all the way down. Um, and at the Big Thompson's fishable seven miles down because of the construction. So the top seven miles in the canyon are fishing great right now. Well, I think they're probably fishing as good as, you know, right after the flood when those fish moved up, that was tremendous. But I don't think it's declined much, has it? No, it hasn't. And with the road being closed, you can just kind of drive down there, and it's like you have a whole private river to yourself. Exactly. Well, now, what what he's saying, the Road 34 is closed for the construction for this winter again. So it's wide open coming up through Lyons, where most of people in Denver would come. So you have to drive up to uh, Estes, the Lyons, through Lyons, and then go back down the canyon. And, you know, when they're up there, stop by, and you guys will always help them with information and what flies are hot, right? Of course. And I, I assume you're still booking trips down there, too. Yeah, yeah, we got several out today. And for how far in advance does somebody have to book a trip with you? Oh, generally just a day in advance, and we can get you out. Sometimes That's... we can even get you out day of. Now, what other waters are you hearing or you're fishing that are fishing well? Um, well, the the inlet to the lake is fishing really good. Um and uh, that's about it, the, either the inlet or the Thompson below the dam. Actually, we're still fishing a little bit on the North Fork down by Glenhaven, too. Okay, so all the fishing in your area is really, really good. And any particular flies, are, are you having to go to little midges and stuff, or are you still using a wide variety? Uh, pretty wide still, but mostly midges. Uh, midges on the bottom, catching a lot on pheasant tails, though, still, and sow bugs. Now, folks, when you fish with this guy with those kind of uh uh, flies, a lot of you will use an indicator and a weight. And Kirk, you're one of the guys I've fished with. And I think in all the times we've fished together, I don't think I've ever seen you put a weight on your nymph system. No, I just try to get it right with the, the nymphs. So I have a heavier nymph, and if I need to get deeper, I'll put a even more heavier nymph on or something like that. Well, and tungsten has really helped with that, hasn't it? It has, yeah. So you sell a lot of the tungsten nymphs in your store? We do. We got a Big selection of tungsten. What are some of the other things that will be on sale in your store if people come up for the open house? Well, you get the, you'll have the uh, half off any item you want, and then everything else is 20% off. 20% off, and if you mention you heard on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors Radio Show, you get half off on one item, and that's any item you choose. Any item you choose, yeah. So if I come up to get a beautiful fly rod and I say I heard about it on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, you're going to give them half off. I am. Wow. And, you know, while you're up there, though, and that's a great sale, but, you know, the big thing that really makes it this event that I get so excited and I wish I was there, first of all, I get to sit down there and rub elbows with those guys and trade information. Just talking to the guys you'll have there, you will learn so much about fly fishing and the stories they have to tell is so unbelievable. And then to get an autographed copy of one of those books for yourself or or for a present, why don't you go through the guest list again, who's going to be there? Uh, John Gearock, Stephen Schweitzer, John Barr, Rick Takahashi, Josh Grafham, and uh, Marty Bartholomew. Oh, and Bartholomew and Barr, we didn't even mention. Marty wrote a great guide to fly fishing Colorado years ago. Uh, And John Barr, of course, you know, Barr's a merger and a copper John. If anybody that fly fishes and isn't familiar with those flies. And John has been doing a lot of warm water fly fishing over the last few years. Him and Schweitzer are probably going to be swapping some stories and flies while they're up there. Right. So that's December 9th, all day. Is that right? All days, uh, you can get the deals, and then the festivities with the book signers is from 2 to 5. 2 to 5. Kirk, as always, thank you for joining us. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, and, you too. Thanks, and folks, Jerry. get up there and fish that big Thompson. It's going to be good. For, well, you and I, as I, I stated earlier, one of the most prolific fishing trips we ever did on that river was right in uh, February, a week after it had been 20 below. Right. That river fishes good right through the winter. And people, there's no reason to stop fly fishing in the winter. Kirk, thank you so much. Thank you. That's Kirk Bean from uh, Kirk's Fly Shop up in Estes. Not only a, a good, great fly fisherman, but what a quality young man. And I guess he's not so young anymore. I'm getting old. Everybody seems young to me. But great, great. But the opportunity to go up and rub elbows with those guys that are signing the books, these are guys you're almost never going to get together in a group at one place. And you're talking some of the best authors and fly fishermen in the country to swap stories with them, to get information, and then if you want a copy of any of their books, and if you're into fly fishing at all, their books are just tremendous. Um, we're going to take a time out in here in a minute, but don't forget, follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You'll know what's going on in this show. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to go right to the phones. And uh, joining us from Rifle and Harvey Gap's Reservoirs is Matt Schuler. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Terry. Now, is, do we say do we say Harvey and, and Rifle Gap's Reservoirs? Or do we have to say Harvey Gap and Rifle Gap Reservoir? It's kind of like that brothers-in-law kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're siblings for sure. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of refer to it as the Rifle State Park Complex, but uh, if we if we will talk about them individually as Rifle Gap and Harvey Gap. Yeah, two great lakes, by the way, and we're going to talk about some ice fishing opportunities and some open water opportunities yet, too. But for folks that maybe are new to the area or haven't listened since you've been on last, why don't you kind of tell them where they're located and describe the area? Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just north of the town of Rifle. So um, if you just go north a few miles of um, Rifle on Highway 13 toward Meeker and get off on Highway 325, we're about five miles. Um, Rifle Gap's about five miles up the road from there, and then Harvey Gap's another five miles down the road from, from that area. So I kind of like to describe the areas where the desert meets the mountains. Um, the town of Rifle is kind of pinion juniper ecosystems, and we're really um, close to the short drive uh, to the high mountains. And, and how big are the lakes? So Rifle Gap, when it's full, is about 365 acres, and, um, and then Harvey's around 150 acres. And both are well-stocked and have a variety of species, and we'll talk about their current conditions in just a minute. Water level's decent? Uh, right now they're both low, but they're, they are filling. We're about 20 feet low um, on, on both of them. Um, they had to drain Harvey this year um, just to do some work on the dam to do some inspections, but they are uh, filling them right now, and it's filling quickly. We're expecting both of the, the lakes to be full by the end of the winter. All right, so let's talk a little bit. By the way, you have camping facilities there too. Are they open year-round if people want to come up and stay there? Yes, we have camping at Rifle Gap, and then there's some camping at Rifle Falls as well. Um, but it is open year-round. We, depending on the year, we usually don't get a whole lot of snow. But if we do, we um, we'll, we'll remove it. So we we keep some campsites open. Now we're going to talk about ice fishing and the opportunities because these are both incredible ice fishing lakes. Uh, part of the reason is they're so accessible. You can drive right up to them. You virtually can almost drive right up to the shoreline, right? Uh, yes, you can at both. It's a it's a short 
very short walk to get onto the ice. Uh, at Rifle Gap, there's a boat ramp um, that you can park on, and it's, it's just a few yards to the lake. Same thing at Harvey. You know, I find that that uh, really gets a lot of people excited because they put on their heavy clothes, and you go to some of the bigger lakes, and you have to park a ways away, and then you take your equipment, whether you're pulling it on a sled or carrying it, ice fishing, you know, you've got quite a bit of clothing on. And I, I, I'll admit, as I get older, the ones that I can park close and walk a few yards and punch a few holes and look around, I get more and more leaning towards that as a nice experience on the water. It it just makes it so easy. But the other thing that makes these lakes great for ice fishing is the species that are in them really lend themselves to it, don't they? Yeah, we have a a large amount of uh, species variety at at both lakes. Um, We've got the largemouth and smallmouth over at, at Harvey and smallmouth over at Rifle Gap, and um, every now and then you hear someone reporting that they catch a largemouth bass there as well. Um, pike are in both. We have tiger muskie over at Harvey. Um, trout are in both lakes, um, and um, the thing that people really like to come out for are the perch. We've got a healthy perch population in, in both lakes, and we have crappie as well. Well, people, both crappie and perch, people love to ice fish for. Um, you know, on ice fishing, you know, pike are a great ice fishing species. You can work a little harder but catching a big toothy critter through the ice like that can be phenomenal. And bass can be a little turn on and off at times for ice fishing, but you're heavily stocked with trout. We'll get to that in just a minute, which are very cooperative through the ice. But then the perch and the crappie. And perch are such good eating. And you're telling me, you know, perch tend to cycle. They get they get prolific, and then sometimes they get a little smaller, then they get bigger. You're telling me right now you're in a, in a time frame when you've got some pretty big perch. Yeah, at, at Rifle right now, we're doing really well with them. Um, last year, people were catching them pretty regularly, and, and large ones, too. The, the biggest perch that I've seen are always coming out through the ice. Yeah, you told me that. You know, and that's not unusual for, to see both big fish and numbers of fish, not only perch, but other species. You and I were talking earlier, and I had seen a survey, and this goes back several years, so I don't know how valid the numbers are, but the catch rate through the ice for a lot of anglers was almost double as it was during the open water season. Sure, yeah, just from talking to anglers um, and throughout the summer and in the winter time, I, I, I definitely believe that. Uh, I see people catch a lot more fish through the ice at just larger sizes for sure. Well, you know, it's a time of the year, um, Matt, when people who don't have a boat have access to the entire lake. Yeah, and at, at Rifle Gap, uh, we have a road that kind of goes around the entire reservoir, and there's parking lots um, scattered throughout, so you can get to any part of the lake pretty easily, and then and you can walk out in the middle of it if, you, if you'd like as well. Now, the other thing is getting into the fall time of the year. Both these lakes are pretty heavily stocked with trout, aren't they? Yeah, we just stocked 10,000 trout at Harvey Gap um, this week, and they've ordered more. And we are going to get some more um, pretty soon here at Rifle as well. So they, they do stock quite a, quite a few trout, and they're all, those are the ones that they just stocked are all catchables. They're all 10 inches. Well, and you get these fish, you know, and they're stocking heavily so that they'll have, you know, tremendous fishing throughout the ice fishing season. But you're actually maybe probably, what, about three weeks away from when you typically freeze? Yeah, depending on the year, that, that's about right. Uh, typically by, by Christmas time, people are, are actively fishing out on the ice. So. And you can catch a lot of these trout, and I'm sure you have some pretty good-sized holdover trout, too. 
We, we do, and right now the shore fishing for trout it, it is pretty good. People are catching um, quite a few of them, and, and, and big big trout, too. Uh, you know, they're, they're catching close to you know, around 20 inches. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to kind of spend a little time on, too, and it's true throughout Colorado, Harvey and Rifle Gap, especially, but any lakes that have um, robust trout populations, especially if they're heavily stocked, you know, a lot of these waters warm up a lot, during the course of the summer and over where you are, you can get some pretty warm summer days too. And those trout tend to be deep and the guys in the boats catch them. They slow down quite a bit for the people on shore. And I think sometimes they think, well, there aren't that many fish in here. or The bite isn't that good, but I see it on the front range lakes all the time. And I would think the lakes in your area would be very similar that prior to freeze up, when you get that three, four weeks, when the water's cooling down, those trout really get active, and they're very comfortable close to shore, and it can really take off. Yeah, that's what we're experiencing right now. And uh, do you see them any particular? I imagine they use everything from power bait on the bottom to uh, to just about uh, to uh, spinners yeah. and spoons and just about any basic technique. Exactly. Um, everybody seems to have their favorite methods. When I talk to people, they, they tell me the things that don't work, and they tell me the things that do work, and then the next person has the opposite experience. I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they were telling me that they have really good luck with power bait, and they've never caught anything with worms, that I've had the exact opposite experience of that. Um, I, and I like to use spitters a lot, and that's pretty popular with trout. You know, another thing that I've done a lot in the summer for panfish, like the perch and crappies, and for the trout, I've taken a lot of the same gear I use ice fishing, a lot of the small jigs, and I, I do a lot of ice fishing myself, and those jigs are so effective. Now, they're light, they're difficult to cast, and usually want to present them more uh, ho- uh, vertically. They're difficult to fish horizontally, so I'll put them on a small uh, slip float or a bubble even, a casting bubble, so I can get them out there. And I tip those little ice jigs with some of the little gulp that comes in a jar. They One of my favorites is a waxies, and they have a little extruded night crawler, but they're full of scent, so I don't even have to worry about keeping and handling bait. And uh, those little ice fishing jigs are just dynamite for trout and panfish all year long. It's just we get away from them in the in the summer because we think we have to fish with something else. And this time of the year, blow a float, they're just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually enjoy um, using jigs year-round for, for trout. I have fairly good luck with it, and I, I just kind of enjoy the action of it. So, yeah, I would recommend using jigs for trout year-round. Last thing I want to talk to you, in the past you've had a tournament out there at Rifle because the ice fishing is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys don't know yet if there's going to be one this year. When do you, where can people kind of keep track and find out if you're going to have one this year? If they go to the CPW webpage and then just click on Rifle Gap, we'll have updated information if we have a tournament there. And I imagine you update your ice conditions there too. We do, yep. All right. We have, we have ice safety um, tips as well there. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, great. Hopefully people get there catching perch through the ice. Not only are they fun, but, boy, they're good to eat. Thanks, Matt. All right. right. That was Matt from uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife Auto Rifle Gap. I, every year people come, where can I go catch perch through the ice? Let me tell you, if you want to catch perch, perch through the ice, head out to Rifle Gap and Harvey Gap and, and those reservoirs, and you'll catch a bunch of trout, too. It's a little bit of a drive, but you'll get away from the crowds a little bit and just have the time of your life. It's it's uh, just really fun. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company. Smoked salmon. The secret is in the fire. Eagles, you know, they're coming to Denver this summer. And uh, the gentleman who died 
the last year, his son will be playing with the band. So it's going to be a really neat number one band in all of U.S. history, the Eagles. We'll argue about that later. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Pueblo State Park is Doug Pacelli. Good morning, Doug. Morning, Terry. Is it? You know what? It's it's an incredibly gorgeous day up here. Is it like that down there today? It sure is. I'm looking out the window here at the park, and the lake is like glass right now. It's really nice. I tell you, you know, I know we're going to talk about the tailwater in the river, and I really want to spend some time on that because that is such an incredible fishery year round. Uh, I know one, a couple of things we should mention. People, you know, a lot of the boat ramps have closed. A lot of the rest, most of the rest of them will close the end of this week. That's not the case with Pueblo, is it? Sure isn't. Uh, Pueblo rarely freezes. Um, we have people fishing on the lake 365 days a year. Uh, right now, both uh, boat ramps are open. Uh, we're on uh, what we call uh, pre-inspection. Um, that information would be available at uh, Cardinal Parks and Wildlife. Uh, the website. I'm not going to get into all that, but there's there's a pre-inspection now for the boats, and the uh, boat ramp hours right here uh, at Lake Pueblo are from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., um, but a little bit of that has changed, and uh, the, the, the gates are open, um, but folks won't be able to uh, get an exit inspection, and they'll need to do uh, what's called a pre-inspection uh, before they launch if the uh, boat inspectors uh, aren't present. All right, but the fact that it is available, and the other thing... Oh, by the way, how are the water levels in Pueblo? You know, that was the next thing that I was going to get to with you, Terry. Um, I just checked on the Colorado Division of Water Resources. Uh, One year ago uh, today, the elevation was 4,865. The elevation today is 4,875, so we are 10 vertical feet higher than we were last year at this time. Wow, that's tremendous. You know, a couple things have happened over the last couple years with that high water. One is that it spreads the fish out. So some fishermen have had a little little more trouble locating the fish. They're, they're there, but it moves them around. It gives you bigger areas. They're not as concentrated. But the health of the fishery, when that water goes up high into what had become brush that had grown up, you get so many nutrients into the water. You get so many, so much uh cover and structure for fish to live on and you get prolific usually bait fish hatches too it really makes for a healthy fishery sure does uh this is the third year in a row now that we've had high water at lake Pueblo, and the, the fish have just uh flourished uh species in the lake are thriving the crappie have really blown up the the walleye's you know been really good um the bass fishing has been great and the uh the wipers uh seem to be coming back as well. That's awesome. You know, and then the other thing I wanted to touch on, when you said it's this glassy and the lake looks beautiful, another thing I try to talk to people about, and then I want to get to those tailwaters, sure. but that is the fact that up and down the front range, in fact, I, even at Rifle, I was just talking to a Matt Schuler from Rifle, how the trout, you know, a lot of these lakes up and down the front range are heavily stocked with trout, even the big reservoirs. People don't realize that a lot of times. And during the summer when the water's warmer, from shore, those trout get very difficult to catch. They just don't come into that warmer shore area. But this time of the year when the water's cooling, the trout activity typically picks up, not only with stock trout, but with large holdover trout from shore. That's true, 
Terry. Um, I think the surface temperature at Lake Pueblo right now is around 49 to 52 degrees, depending on uh, what location of the lake um, you take that reading from. But, uh, you know, the water is, is cooling down, and, and you're right, a lot of those, uh, you know, larger trout uh, move in shallower with the colder water through the winter here. Second largest trout I caught in Colorado came on a, a rattle trap type bait uh, right up against the shore on Pueblo Reservoir. Wow. Yeah, there are some large trout in here. Um, let's let go ahead. No, re- just real quick, like you were saying, uh, a lot of guys get those in the summer, you know, trolling deep, but uh, now's a good chance uh, at, at some nice trout. The bass bite is, is really actually still on, and uh, folks are picking up walleye from shore as well. Um, the river uh, is, we're in the winter water storage program that started on November 15th. Uh, you know, the river's going to flow anywhere from 60 to, say, 120 CFS uh, through the winter, probably up until April, sometime around there. And uh, that just makes for, you know, really uh, accessible fishing on the tailwater, easy wading. Um, you know, the water is, is starting to clear up. Uh, the lake is, is still turning over a little bit, so there is a little bit of an off-color uh, tint in the tailwater right now. But the reports from fishermen down there has been really good lately. Um, a lot of uh, blue-wing olive hatch, uh, blue-wing olive hatches are coming off. Uh, of course, uh, you know, there's, there's midges uh, year-round, and that'll become more of a factor, um, you know, in the, in the next coming month or two. As it gets really cold, um, you know, the, the midge fishing will, will be, the, uh, be the key. Uh, it'll kind of turn into a midge game, and, and that'll be um, the most, you know, prolific hatch that, uh, that we're having on the tailwater. But right now, um, there's a blue-wing olive hatch, and then there's even some, some caddis coming off. Uh, as well with these these warmer days that we've been having. Let's let's talk about in general that whole tailwater. It starts right below the dam, and this this used to be kind of a well kept secret by some of the fishermen in Colorado who didn't talk about it a lot. Was the fact that that tailwater is such an incredible fishery all winter long? And for people that don't understand, when you said the water in the lake right now is in the high forties, low fifties, well, when you get to that point, the heaviest water is around forty degrees. And as the lake cools, the water at the bottom of the lake will stay 40 degrees all year coming out of that dam or warmer so that you get, you get a flow of warmer water into a tailwater. That's why they don't freeze up and why they're fishable all winter long. That tailwater coming out of there starts right at the base of the dam with multiple species of fish and then carries right on through the entire town of Pueblo. And then a few years ago, they put some special regulations in, and they kind of improved the habitat for trout. So you really have a mixed bag of opportunities along that river, don't you? Yeah, you sure do. Um, they've, they've done uh, two, I think, phases of habitat improvement, you know, where they put in weirs, uh, velocity shelters, stuff like that for the fish, um, you know, for both, uh, you know, low-water habitat and uh, high-water uh, habitat for the fish, uh, you know, during the runoff. Um, there's, I think, eight and a half, nine miles of fishable river from, you know, the base of the dam all the way through Pueblo, um, basically uh, heading east to I-25 near uh, the Runyon baseball field, and that's where Fountain Creek uh, dumps into the river. But it's about eight or nine miles, Terry, uh, of, of really good fishing really throughout town um, for a lot of different tactics. Of course, there's a lot of fly fishermen uh, that come down to Pueblo, um, from all over the place, um, you know, a lot of people uh, spin fish um, the the river. Um, people bait fish on the river. There are sections um, where bait fishing 
is, is permitted, and, and people do well with that. Uh, you know, mentioning the, the fish species, um, anything that's in the reservoir, um, you know, can end up into the river, you know, when the gates are, are full open in the uh, summer. Uh, so, you know, there's bass in the river, walleye, um, the wiper can get in there. You know, there's, you know, of course, trout that the uh, uh, Parks and Wildlife uh, stocks into the river. Um, rainbows, uh, cut bows, there's really nice brown trout in there. Um, some of the deeper holes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, some just monster brown trout that would push way over 25 inches. So there's really, really nice fish in, in the river. I caught a 20-pound catfish in that river. Wow, unbelievable. I, yeah, was... I imagine there's uh, huge cats in there, too. That's uh, That's something right there. I was fishing for walleyes with a small jig up close to the dam, okay. just across the road from the dam. I had a small jig on, cast out, drifting it through there. And walleyes are trout, cause just, and smallmouth too, just about anything. If I was spin fishing, not fly fishing this trip. Sure. And I've done both down there. And all of a sudden, my jig just went, and my, my uh, lure just started going down the river with the current. Well, I saw something sticking up like a stick. I thought I'd caught a smallmouth that had tangled on a branch. Uh-huh. And I must have chased it down the river, handing my rod around trees and stuff as I'm running like an idiot because I didn't have my sure. waders on. Finally got to about half a mile down the river when I was able to tire it out enough and get to a slack pool. And it was, uh, it was a, a catfish over 30 inches. Wow. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. It was just fantastic. So, so you I never know when you're going to get surprised okay. there. Yeah, the adrenaline and the surprise uh, to have that on the end of your line, that's awesome. Well, but the thing to talk about, though, there's great trout fishing for fly fishermen. There's great opportunities for spin fishermen, both with lures in the restricted areas where it's flies and lures only and in some of the bait areas. But it's a fishery that's available really all year long. And even in the January, February days, you're going to get warm days down in Pueblo where it's a great place to fish. Yeah, that's true, Terry. I've fished. Uh, in you know January when it's been 65 70 degrees here on, on certain years so there's always a lot of good days um, you know to fish on the tailwater and, and that's part of the allure um, you know some of the mountain reservoirs and the tailwaters you know that, that come out of those you know it's bad weather the roads are icy to get there it's you know 20 degrees colder and you know Pueblo you know is usually anywhere from 30 to 60 degrees for highs all winter long so uh, you know, a pretty mild climate down here um, that's that's conducive, you know, to really just really good fishing. Well, and if you want to, when you're down there fishing the tailwaters, most of the time there's shore access on the lake. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, with the higher water, it makes the shore access just uh, shore access just a little bit tougher. Um, but you know, there's there's still a lot of shore to fish at the lake. I think there's 60 miles of shoreline at Lake Pueblo. Um, we're really lucky here. I mean, it's just this whole park has so much fishing available that if a guy were to be here for a month, I don't think that you could you could hit every area that's within Lake Pueblo State Park between the reservoir, uh, you know, the tailwater, the Valco Ponds, Anacline Pond, um, you know, even the inlet of the of the river or of the lake. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the fishing is good up there as well at certain times. All right. We're out of time, Doug, but tremendous, tremendous segment. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Terry. Always a pleasure. All right. Hopefully lots of people will get down and take advantage of that. That's Doug Pacelli from Pueblo. If you haven't fished it in the winter, you need to get down there. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. 
Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. We're going to go right to the phone, speaking of Sportsman's Warehouse. And joining us from the gift bar at the Thornton store is Colleen Freeman. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. It's a beautiful day out there. Yes, it is. It makes us all remember why we live in Colorado and why we love the outdoors. Oh, yes. You know, at this time of the year, I, I harp a lot this time of the year, um, when people are buying Christmas gifts and they just kind of willy-nilly run out and buy something with no idea what I like, don't like, what I, you know, I think, well, it's nice that you thought about me for a gift, but you really just grabbed something on an end cap somewhere to give me something. You really didn't put any thought into it. If you have an outdoor enthusiast in your family, Sportsman's Warehouse can help you so that you get something that they really appreciate and says, I know you love the outdoors. Here's something to help you enjoy it, don't they? Oh, yes, definitely. And, of course, you're at the gift bar. Yes. And tell people, you know, we, we talk all the time about the clothing section, the fishing section, the firearms, the hunting. Tell people what's in the gift bar section. Well, the gift bar, we sell a lot of your binoculars, your spotting scopes, your high-end um, optics. But we also sell knives, knife sets. Um, your Leathermans, people love Leathermans. They're a great tool to use every day. And, you know, that Leatherman, that's a great idea for a gift. So if I'm coming in to buy, like, say that uh, I have an outdoor enthusiast in my family, and I know they spend a lot of time camping and hunting maybe, if I want to get a Leatherman or a nice knife that would apply to when they're camping as a tool or a hunting knife, what kind of price range can I find something in? find anything from $34.99 on up to $419. And of course, what are some of the differences? What, let's take the Leatherman or the multi-tool type things. What are some of the things if somebody comes up, you help them, that they might look for in one of those? In the Leatherman, um, you have different size knives. You have a can opener, you have a file, you have a screwdriver. Um, they all have different options. Um, different prices have, have slightly different tools in them, but they're all very useful. Uh, they have um, <clears throat> pliers on the end. Some of them have scissors, which for, for some people, the scissors are really nice, small, you know, easy to get into places. Now, if I'm coming in to get, uh, say, a hunting knife or a knife for a camper, what kind of information do I need to help me pick out the right knife, and what are some of the things I need to look for or avoid? Well, um, some of the things you want to you wanna, um, tell the person when you're looking for a knife is what are you going to use it for, um, how often are you going to use it for, what's the price range you want to spend on your knife. Um, and the things you want to avoid is, is a, you know, a tool too small for what you're going to be working on or uh, something that is going to easily snap. You've got to get a good hardy tool depending on what you're using it for. And you have a pretty big selection. What are some of the brands of knives you carry there? Well, we carry Benchmade, we carry SOG, we carry um, Kershaw, we carry Buck Knives. We have an all, a really nice selection. We have um, Knives of Alaska, which is a very good brand as well. So you really have a wide variety. Now what about, are the handheld GPSs still as popular as they once were? Oh yes, very much so, very much so. Now they've really... For the price, they've just added so many features to those, haven't they? They have, and, and Garmin actually has a new one out where they went back to their very simple basic um, models, basically because of the Onyx maps that you can use now that you can put in your GPSs that, that are just spectacular, get you... You know, tells you where you're at, tells you where you have private property, um, BLM land. Anything you want to know is pretty much on that Onyx map. And what do I have to spend and what can I spend to get a handheld GPS? 
from three ninety nine on up to five forty nine. And you said they're all just packed with features. Now, is there anything? What do I get when I move up to the higher price that I wouldn't get maybe in the basic unit? Well, generally you get a camera. Uh, with that, you do you get um, you know obviously the Onyx map um, that is compatible with the Onyx map. <clears throat> you get touchscreen, which is very popular, uh, more so than the little toggle switch that they have on some of the more basic models. And and you carry a pretty wide selection right there in the store? Yes, we do. And if somebody wanted extra maps, are those loadable, or do you download them, or can you sell those? Yeah, um, we, we sell those. Um, Onyx Maps is one of them, or you can download them um, from websites onto your GPS as well. All right, so those are pretty good ideas for gifts, and do you guys have a lot of sales going on between now and Christmas? Oh, yes, we do. Any Anything you can clue us into? Um, not really spectacularly, no. <laughs> All right, so, so I put got, you on the spot. All right, now one uh, one last question. I'm going to let you go. I want a okay. $10 stocking stuffer for that uh, young person, outdoor person. What do you got at the gift bar? Oh, my gosh, a $10 stocking stuffer. Well, we have, um, it depends on the age, but we have some um, small Gerber knives or we have some smaller um, tools. Or the Gerber tools are a little bit more than $10, but pretty close. So you got something for just about everybody. Just about everybody. Yes, we do. All right, Colleen, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. You have a great day. Great gift ideas. Thank oh, you. You bet. That's Colleen from Sportsman's Warehouse. We're going to be talking a lot of Christmas gift ideas over the next few weeks. Maybe help you get something for that outdoor enthusiast that says, hey, I understand that you uh, that you know, I understand you're an outdoor person and I care about your activities. It makes it a little more special. I really feel that way. So although Karen never gets me anything nice, she's in there looking. She goes way overboard. It's really difficult because I get so much stuff from sponsors. So I'm kind of spoiled in that, that, res, uh, that respect. Hey, I want to remind you before we go to break to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. If you would have followed us, you'd know that coming up later in this hour, Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gentz, will be joining us on the show this week. You'd have seen my Denver Post column that I had did in the past about Gentz. You'd have been able to read it, listen to our past interview, and watch some television shows I did on ice fishing. And you would... Uh, You'd know that coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to have Doug Stangy and Greg Klajo on to talk ice fishing, in addition to our own great crew of guys like Nate Zielinski, who will be coming up. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter.